Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Joe, we're live, but I was. <laughs> What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? March 27th edition of the Holy Smokes podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro. Give me a follow online at Showdown Joe on all social media platforms. My microphone is hot. Sean Ross Saps, unfortunately. You know, Sean's hair is looking pretty good right now, although I can only see a third of you on my screen. Uh, unfortunately, I guess all the viewers can't see you. Uh, no, there we go. Now I can see you. Uh, you know, Sean Ross Sapp, wearing the red. I'm wearing the blue, uh, although my Maple Leafs did lose last night a very difficult game against the Buffalo Sabres. I don't understand why. Uh, we potentially might talk about that a little bit later on. But this is a mixed martial arts podcast, and we'll touch a bit of boxing and wrestling here and there, depending on how the stories and how Sean segues uh, to other items. Joe Rogan wants uh, all those UFC bonuses gone. Uh, and when I read that story, I felt like saying, well, welcome to, I don't know, when did I get my referee or my judging course? Four years ago. So welcome to four years ago, ladies and gentlemen, something that we've discussed a long time, uh, a few times on this podcast about getting rid of those bonuses uh, or the win bonuses for fighters. Sean and I will discuss that uh, in a moment. Francis Ngannou, he's calling out everybody pretty much outside of the UFC and one guy in the UFC. He wants Brock Lesnar uh, or Anthony Joshua. We'll discuss that, if that could potentially be a reality. Uh, a nice piece on Fightful. What does it? What does being an Invicta champion mean these days? And we'll break that down uh, in theory or it just in general. Uh, Kamar Usman, someone I know very well, uh, a problem in the UFC's welterweight division, finally has a top ten guy uh, in Santiago. 
Ponzinibbio. Uh, they'll be fighting in Chile. I'll get much more from uh, Camaro down in Florida next week when I head down to cover uh, and call play-by-play for Titan FC 49. Josh Barnett beats USADA. What? We'll get into that as well. Uh, Josh, Th- excuse me, um, Thompson versus Till is planned for Liverpool. Uh, that's going to be a sick fight. Wonder Boy and Till, I'm liking that fight in Liverpool. We'll see what happens with that one. And of course, Colby Covington, who Kamara Usman wanted, as well as RDA, who Kamara Usman wanted. Well, those two guys have been matched up for the interim title. Is that right? Is that wrong? Should that be taking place? We'll break that down as well. Sean, what's going on, my man? A crazy, crazy week. Leading into a calm before the storm weekend. This weekend, all we have is New Japan, Sakura Genesis. But then next weekend, we're talking Matt Riddle's Bloodsport, Joey Janela's Spring Break, Bellator, which I would I would say got a an upgrade in at least buzzworthy main event with a former UFC champion being on it. And Ben Henderson, you have the UFC pay per view with two title fights. You have NXT, Ring of Honor, WrestleMania, oh, and now. The two nights after WrestleMania are, are almost big show worthy too. So it's quiet right now. We're getting ready to launch that premium service, but then it's going to go crazy. My God. We got pros well, picks for you all today too. Yeah, pros picks are always fun. Thank you, James Lynch, uh, for putting those all, all those together. But uh, we'll take a look at that for sure uh, a little bit later on. Um, the, the, this UFC pay-per-view next weekend UFC 223 is going to be fantastic I don't care how tired I am from returning from Florida because I fly back the same day uh, I, I think I leave uh, actually I'm, I'm Okay, I think I should be landing around 2 o'clock, and I should get some sleep after the Titan event. But my goodness, Tony Ferguson, Habib Nurmagomedov, that is just going to be a ridiculously sick fight. I can't wait to take a look at what Conor McGregor has to say about that fight there, especially with whomever emerges victorious. And I'm really hoping, um, just for heat's sake, it's Habib Nurmagomedov. Uh, Not to say I think Tony Ferguson can't do it, and Tony Ferguson won't do it, but I kind of want Habib to win that one there because some of his interviews leading up to this have been fantastic, especially how he rips Conor McGregor, calling him Dana White's nephew, Dana White's son, uh, and all that stuff there. And of of course, the co-main event, Rose Namajunas, who doesn't seem to be getting any respect whatsoever as the world champion. Her rematch with former champion Johanna Jacek, that's going to be absolutely sick. Uh, Can Rose do it again? Or I guess, I don't know if Sean Ross Sapp calls it, order being restored in the UFC strawweight division. I don't know if it's order being restored because as soon as, if, if Joanna wins, I, I'm sure they'll run it back for a third time because you can't wait on that that trilogy because who else is there for for Joanna to face? She's beaten everybody else in that division. Uh, two, three, and four have already been beaten and I think, didn't Torres just get beat? Yeah. Yeah, she just got beat by Andrade. And she beat number six. Michelle Watterson isn't getting a title shot. Maybe Felice Herrig with a big win. But I think you just run it right back again. And you do it maybe even <laughs> during International Fight Week. I think it, you just go... I think it. they turn around and do a trilogy. And worst case scenario, you have another woman in the same position that everybody else in that top ten is. Yeah, and, and I mean, and I had a conversation. Uh, I went down to the Raptors game again. Thank you to uh, to Doctor Vasco. Um, to, was able to take my son down as well on Sunday, um, and he just was talking to me again. This is from a Canadian perspective, Sean, um, and we had a, a an in depth conversation about the UFC nowadays and how it's you know it's it's not exactly as appealing as it once was um, in Canada. 
uh, and he, you know, he, he mentioned, you know, since your show went off the air, like no one really talks about it. No one's saying this or that. And I said, well, there's a few things that, that kind of made that happen in Canada. But the bottom line is, as we've talked about on the show on numerous occasions, it's about the fights in general, building the stars, but the fights have to have meaning. They have to have relevance. Um, you know, Frosty the Snowman up on the live chat right now says, I'm looking forward to Raging Al and Paul Felder. That's a fight worthy of something. Right. That's something. Yeah. So, you know, I, I again, and I, I, you know, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. I kind of do want the UFC to trim down their roster completely and trim down the amount of events that they do have. I'm cool with two events a month, one pay-per-view a month, one Fox show a month to lead up uh, or have and, and maybe a third strictly on UFC Fight Pass. I don't know. But the li- the less amount of shows. The less amount of fighters, the more value those fighters and fights bring to the table because we could see what each fight means. Because some of the bouts that are announced sometimes, and you know, even for argument's sake, our own social media and our own site on Fightful, you see some of these announcements and it's like, yeah, but who cares, really? Right? But then when you see the big fights being announced, uh, like Covington and RDA and Thompson Till, uh, Ponzinibbio, Kamaru Usman, those are fights that are worth something for the division. They're worth something in general for the sport because they have value. Value. They, they, there's an end for the winner and some trouble for the loser. Yeah, there is, and uh, man, I'm just, I'm just excited because with the, the recent trend of events that we've seen over the past month, it bodes well for what we're about to see in the coming weeks because we've had like what four straight uh, bond or like just badass events, and if this card, this upcoming UFC two. Uh, Two twenty-three. Yep. If that show ends up following that trend, oh boy, are we going to get some good ones? Uh, I'm, I'm just really excited for the weeks ahead, and like we're, we're finally getting some clarity in some of these divisions that have kind of been on hold as well. Maybe not in UFC at UFC two twenty-three because there's not a single welterweight show or fight on that card, but in the coming weeks we have that as well. I'm I'm just pumped. I'm just. I'm st- I'm stoked. Man, I'm stumbling over my words. <laughs> but listen, man, this UFC 223 card is ridiculous. Like it is stupid. I absolutely love it. I mean, even the Kiesa Pettis fight, um, you know, I Quinton Felder. Felder. Like that's, come that's on, one. man. Kovalkovich <laughs> uh, and Herrig. Hey, that that's the thing. If Herrig gets past Carolina, you could you could say give her a title shot, and I'd be completely fine with it. Then you got Borg Moreno on the show, Lozon's fighting. Uh, Bruce Leroy and Artem Labov. Who booked that? Let me shake their hand. That's a good one. <laughs> and then we got Beck Rawlings and Ashley Evan Smith, which I didn't give a damn about until Ashley Evan Smith's interview that she did with Fightful, where she said, yeah. said that Becca was uh, was raunchy and a poor reflection of MMA. We heard that last week, and even I was kind of like, ooh, ow, okay, all right. Man, that's that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. I want to see the dirt and the drama. I'm maybe maybe I'm a little deranged in that manner. Jordan Lane, yes. Uh, Jordan Lane just asked, "Is Covington RDA for the interim title?" Uh, yeah. And talk about that. Yeah, like allegedly, it's not official. Yeah. I don't think it should be. It's not like, I mean, I understand that Tyron Woodley, the world champion right now, is sidelined and he's healing from his his shoulder surgery. But the guy defended his title, what, four times in a year? Like, it's not like he wasn't active. 
You know, unless the UFC knows something that we don't know and Tyron Woodley is not sharing uh, the full information where they, you know, the UFC may say, you know what, dude, you're going to be sidelined for a total of a year when it's all said and done. We have to do an interim title or we should do an interim title. You know what? If that's the case, kind of get it. You know, I feel bad for RDA because RDA deserves that title fight. But it appears if that fight's not going to happen anytime soon and RDA really wants a fight because um, he ain't getting any younger, you know, he wants to fight Covington. Sure. Get her done. Yeah, the thing is, I sympathize with Tyron Woodley because of how how frequently that he fought. However, the man got hurt, and how long did he wait on surgery? Yeah, I know. Yeah, four months like, ago. He fought in January or July. He didn't get surgery until December. Yeah, six, five, six months. Yeah. And the thing is, with with UFC championships, it can't be a services rendered championship. This ain't Bellator. Bellator will sometimes go. <laughs> do you remember when they used to go to like people would win championships and they'd never defend them? They would just quietly do away with divisions. Like Zoila Frosto, what whatever happened to that? Well, she left and they dissolved the division. Minikov never defended it. And now we're we're spending another year getting a heavyweight title tournament going on. It's already been let's see like eight, nine months since he defended the championship. He said that he wanted to be back by the end of April initially. That's obviously not happening. Uh, if he says that, then he said, oh, I'd like to be back by International Fight Week. Well, that's that's reasonable. That's within a year of, of that. But I, I don't know that he'll be ready. He's still using his left arm to hit the punch machine at UFC tonight right now. So when will he be back? If there's no timetable right now, I'm okay. I'm okay with this. And then the winner will just face him. No big deal. But uh, I feel bad for the guy. But at some point, man, you got you have to be a little more transparent about when you're going to come back. And it's all, I don't want to say boy who cried wolf type of thing because I, I know that if Tyron Woodley could be back tomorrow, he'd be back tomorrow. And he'd, he'd fight on UFC 223 if he was healthy. Yeah. But I, that's not the situation. Judgment, thank you very much for the kind words in the live chat there. Um, there's, there's a post here by Vinny Fernando who says Covington needs to be humbled. Now, Covington in our eyes or in most eyes needs to be humbled. But at the same time, if we think about, you know, Vinny, think about it one second. I'm going to throw this out there. Think about what Colby does. Think about what Colby says. It drives us batty. It drives us nuts. He pushes the line. He says and does stupid things. But now we want to see him fight. Yes. We want to see him get his ass handed. If you're not a Colby Covington fan, you want to see him get his ass handed to him, right? So that ge- generates interest. So it's even when when Chael was when Chael was doing his thing, and I had this conversation again with Dr. Vasco, how much he loved Chael, and he asked me questions about, you know, what was it like talking to this person, that person, this person, that person. I said Chael was the real deal. Chael off camera, um, I mean, one of the nicest guys, one of the most intelligent guys that I've come across in the sport here. But man, when that camera was on, or when it was a podcast, or when it was an interview for the radio show, he turned it on, and people were like, this guy needs to get humbled and blah blah. He's selling pay per views. Yes, he is. Right, and that's what Colby's doing right now. Yeah, uh, there are some things that he says that I don't really agree with, like from a from a moral standpoint. But ultimately, he's he's doing the right thing. He's making a name for himself, and he has willed himself into this spot, both on the mic and in the cage. And that's what's important. He's getting it done in the cage, and that goes a long way. Uh, what well, goes a long way here on the Fightful Podcast, Fightful Holy Smokes <laughs> MMA Podcast, are. 
what the pros think. Take a listen at our first edition of Fightful Pro Picks. I chopped these up. You're going to see parts two next week. But James Lynch got so damn many people talking about uh, this UFC 223 show that we're giving you two edition of Pro's Picks. This one on uh, Yoani and Jacek and Rose Namajunas. Rose has this confidence about her. We, we knew, when I say we, me and my husband knew, she was going to win the first time around. We like Joanna. But we saw something in her, and the way she came out, the way she handled herself, I feel that Rose is going to do the same thing. That's a good one. I mean, I I, I thought the first one was going to be a war. You know, I didn't know who was going to win it. This one, I'm, I'm saying it's going to be a war again. I think Joanna's going to show up in, in uh, way more poised, you know, way more professional. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a close fight. I, I really don't. I, I, I love them both, to be honest. Like, you know, we, I'm good friends with both of them. I really don't want to see neither one of them get knocked out again. I'm just hoping for a good fight. If you putting a gun in my head and making me choose, I've got to go with Rose, Rose again in a close decision. It was kind of like when Ronda Rousey lost, right? It was like, it didn't mean she wasn't a good fighter anymore. It just meant someone figured her out. And it was a matter of how she would come back from it. So I don't, I don't think it necessarily takes any away from Joanna. Um, she's a great fighter. Now we get a chance to see if she can get around. You know, and she is problem solving. Rose got around one little part of her game. Can she fix it and come back with something better? So I, I don't know that I'd pick a winner for the fight, but I can't wait to see it. I I, I love both of them, um, but I thought Joanna Eugenechek would never lose a fight in her life. She just looks so flawless, and Rose went in there and shocked the damn world. Um... She shocked the world and she shocked me, but God dang, I can't help but think that maybe Joanna was a little off that day. She said she had some type of trouble with the weight cut and it it, it was a cause of the loss. I don't know if it's an excuse or not, but I'm sorry, Rose. I got to go with Joanna. She's She's been so flawless up until then that I think, you know, like I said, I sometimes zig when I should have zag and I got caught. Maybe she just got caught. So you. Oh, such a crazy one, you know. I was shocked by the first outcome. Shocked, but not, like, blown away because Rose is amazing. Um, but just, you know, Joanna had just been deemed, like, invincible. Um, it's anybody's fight, you know. They're both two amazing women, two amazing athletes. And uh, I think as long as Rose comes in with a different game plan, because obviously Joanna's smart and her camp is smart, um, but Rose is skilled all over. So it's not like she has one way to beat her, Joanna. And Joanna's great. And it's just a hard one to call, you know. I, I, I don't know. It's a toss-up. I'm going with Rose. You know, I, I picked her for the, the first one. And uh, she's just, she's a great fighter. And uh, I just, I, I like her personality. I like her fighting style. And uh, I can see her just pulling off another a win. They're pretty evenly matched on their feet. But Rose is way better on the ground. And, uh as far as wrestling goes, I, I think I'll give Rose the advantage there as well. That's an interesting, yeah, it's going to be an interesting fight too. Obviously good. It's the second rematch. And from the first, we didn't get to see a lot. But um, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a war. But uh, I, I actually, I mean, I'm going to be rooting for my teammate. Rematch, I think you're check. Uh, I think I... I, I just think she got caught a little bit flat-footed, slipping a little bit. Um, she's like my third favorite fighter in the UFC. Uh, her her technique is you know second to none. Her striking, her wrestling, like she's not a grappler, but you can't take her down. 
she's a beast. Uh, I got to go with Joanna. So I'm excited. I was actually at their their first one there uh, at MSG. I was it was really exciting to be able to go see that live and all the titles getting to switch hands and everything like that. And that's one where I was really pulling for Rose in the first one. You know, I was like, I don't know. You know, Ioana's a, a different beast in there, and I was super, super excited for Rose. I think she's a great fighter and a great person, and, you know, I, I'm i going to go with the same bet. I'm going to pull for Rose again. I think, you know, I don't think it was a lucky punch. I think it was a well-timed punch, and no matter what Ioana says, you know, weight-cutting issues, I know, I know how that goes, bad weight cuts and stuff like that, but I think, trust me, tell me about it, I found out that, you know, Basically, when you're cutting weight, get your phone taken away because weight cut texting is basically on par with drunk texting. Nothing ever comes good. I've seen my phone the next day and I was like, guys, why did you not take my phone away from me? Like, damn, that's awful. Like, what are you doing to me? I'm like, that's awkward. I'm not talking to those people again. But um, anyways, sidetracked. Rose. I'm going with Rose on that one. A lot of people that say that they were picking Rose Nama Yunus in that first fight. And it's funny because I didn't see a lot of people really predicting that. I didn't see these people coming out of the woodwork and saying, oh, Rose is going to win it. Rose is going to win it. Where were they then? <laughs> it's like it's that bold of a thing to say, oh, somebody's going to beat somebody else in a fight. But nobody was doing it. The beauty of what you and I do, Sean, all right, is we have to come on public record i guess you could say uh and, and give our picks you know and there were times when see i've, I've never given a, a a rat's ass about whether i'm right or wrong because you're asking me to predict something in the future all i can do is analyze two fighters male or female a versus b take a look at it on paper and then kind of put it all together and then give my sort of hunch as to what's going to happen if i'm wrong i don't care if i'm 100 percent wrong i don't care because I'm offering you my prediction, but it's on public record. You know, I'll never forget when when um, you know I picked Verdum versus uh, Fedor. You know, I got ripped to shreds, and I'm like, something about this man. If Fedor makes that mistake, and I think Verdum is way hotter at this point here, it's going to happen. Have I been wrong before? Have I called upsets before? Yeah, of course I have. But when these people out of nowhere saying I picked um, uh, Rose to defeat Yuana, man, I didn't see anyone pick. Rose, other than Pat Berry and, and within that camp, I, I didn't see anyone pick Rose uh, yeah. to defeat Anna. And, you know, good on her, though. I'm super happy. I mean, in this fight here, I mean, I, I, my heart will always be with Rose Nama Yunus because she endured so much in her life. And especially leading up to that first title fight from Yuana with those terrible comments from Yuana um, about, you know, her, her, she's mentally weak and stuff like that. And, and Rose kept it all together and made her pay. That was a, her, uh, a serving of humble pie, ladies and gentlemen. She made her humble. Big time. And I was happy to see Rose do that. But in this rematch, I'm going with my head. My head is saying, you know, Johanna Jacek's going to win that title back. If Rose does win, oh, God, I'll be so happy. But in terms of analyzing this fight, breaking it down and making a prediction, I got to go with Johanna Jacek. Yeah, I do too, especially a Johanna Jacek with a chip on her shoulder. We've never really seen that before. We've seen Rose Namajunas fight most of her career with a chip on her shoulder. But then again, we've never seen a comfortable Rose Nama Yunus, I, I don't think to that degree. One that has a sense of fulfillment and accomplishment, but I'm really interested in her mind state going into this fight because it kind of goes up and down. Like, we see her <laughs> jubilant sometimes, as with anybody and emotions, but with Joanna, she's such just an 
enigmatic figure in that regard. So th- this this fight I am particularly interested in. Oh, man, because this is just one where a lot of people thought that Joanna was just going to win in a wash. It didn't happen. It did not happen that way. Kind of like many people expected USADA to beat Josh Barnett in a wash. I thought there was no chance, but my goodness, after the arbitrator made the ruling and then USADA comes out with that post, I was like, oh, wow, because Josh Barnett's got a history. And you know, people automatically thought it was it was just a defunct scenario. Done. See ya. Thanks for calling, bro. Guess not. He kind of won that, and now he's, he's ready to come back. Obviously under UFC contract. But what did you make of all that? Were you surprised, or were you like, Nah, you know what? Justice was served here. Good. Well, justice wasn't really served. Sorry, justice wasn't served. It, well, it, it well I mean, it, it wasn't served in any manner because yeah. there's no restitution for Josh Barnett. He doesn't get that year of his career back. Year and some. At the age of 40. Now, had things happened before that led to people thinking that Josh Barnett would have done this? Yes, absolutely. Multiple times. However, the man didn't do it. And fortunately for him, he was very diligent in what he did. And the thing is, I spoke to some of his old students. that, And I said, wow, Josh beat uh, Josh beat USADA. And they're like, what, what was that again? And they're like, oh, <laughs> that? That one from 2016? That was forever ago. It's unfortunate because, I mean, the man lost out on a lot of time. And he had to do, or he didn't have to. He did some pro wrestling at that time. He's done some commentary. But, man, I, I feel I feel for the guy having to go through that. And uh, I just think that this is why there needs to be a fighters association. Stuff like this. There needs to be some sort of pool set up for people who go through shit like this and lose out on money. This, there needs to be some sort of system set up. And USADA has messed up on multiple occasions. And I don't even know if they've messed up, but there has to be a quicker way. You cannot tell me that it took 15 months to make this happen. 15 months. It's ridiculous, man. It's honestly ridiculous. If Josh Barnett had committed some sort of crime, this would have been expedited and done, boom, like that. With the amount that USADA's being paid, there's no excuse for it to carry on this long. I don't know if there has to be a separate division within USADA to solely handle the UFC stuff and not mix and match with all the other sports out there. I don't know if the, the, the allocation of funds can be done that way but at the same time it doesn't make any sense especially when someone is is listen man, if they're found guilty they're found guilty i get it but when they're found innocent and it took that long to prove or at least found in a manner that they didn't really do that anything wrong or something was tainted and blah 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 that's not cool man you just took away someone's like earning potential you know, and that yeah. goes over. To, it goes over to the Joe Rogan scenario when he talks about he wants those UFC bonuses or slash um, uh, win money gone, yeah. right? Like, I get it. I totally get it. I don't think it should ever. I mean, you know, even when I had my conversation with Joe Warren when we did the Rise and Show w- way back when, I know people are going to start freaking out about that time because uh, that was awkward, but. Uh, it, it was a deep conversation I had with other fighters as well. Like they just want to know what they're getting paid. Not saying, you know, I'll, I'll get paid, you know, 50000 a show. And if I win, I get 50000 yeah. You know, it, 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 I would rather know that no matter what, providing I put on a good performance, I'll get my money. 
I'll get whatever I yeah. signed for and not put the because listen, he was one and, and so many fighters go into every no fighter goes into their fight thinking they're gonna lose. So they actually go in there and think to themselves, if I'm gonna get fifty and fifty, I'm gonna get a hundred thousand after I beat this guy, they start spending some of that money, whether it's in a training camp or bringing trainers in, flying corner men out, uh, putting a down payment on a house or a car or making their payments and blah, blah. And, you know, they, they go past their 50000 which in my opinion is silly. You should only be spending whatever your show money is, never your your um, uh, your win money. But guys and girls do that because they're confident they're going to win. And then when it doesn't happen, especially because of the incompetence of judging, that's the worst, man. Because you know some guys and girls have won fights and that 100000 belongs to them and they don't get it because of, of, of judges that have no idea really what they're doing or incorrectly assessing and scoring a fight and it costs somebody money. It could cost someone yeah. their livelihood. How many times have we seen some of these this, this crowdfunding or GoFundMe accounts for fighters who are in the UFC and can't even pay for their training? Oh, tons. We see GoFundMes to send corner men out there to finish training camps. Uh, much less, and fortunately for Josh Barnett, he was in a good financial position and didn't have to worry about that and has some other options. Uh, speaking of other great g- grapplers, did you see Gary Tonin beat up? No, I didn't see the fight. I heard it, it, he elbowed him or something. I just smashed him big time. Boy, he laid down some ground and pound. It was pretty interesting. Su- suspiciously accurate ground and pound, too. And, you know, there's there's all these weird conspiracy theories like, he wanted to do it to prove a point and all this stuff, but man, did he look good! And he's a guy to to watch out for. Um, man, another guy that we've watched out for in the past that ended up being something. Francis Ngannou. He wants Brock Lesnar and Anthony Joshua. Meanwhile, I'm thinking, how about you fight an MMA fighter like Derek Lewis? Like Derek Lewis, just fight him. Yeah, but I can see what Ngannou's doing and his peeps are doing as well. Because why not? I mean. Where are you going to get your money from, right? I mean, if you if you had the option, if me or you had the option to fight someone that's going to bring in way more money, especially pay-per-view numbers, you're taking that fight all day long, especially if you know you're going to beat them. Like, I mean, Francis Ngannou versus Brock Lesnar? I'm going with Francis, despite the fact that if Brock gets yeah. his hands on him and takes him down, could be ugly for Francis. Francis does have to prove to all of us that he can you know, prevent from being taken down. If he does get taken down, get back up. But against Anthony Joshua, there's still a chance if that was to ever happen. And Gano's ego might get in the way, and he may want to stand and trade with Anthony Joshua. Bad news, right? Yeah, so, it could be bad news. It could be very bad news. But then again, if he didn't want to stand and trade with Anthony Joshua, it'd take about 0.3 seconds to take Anthony Joshua down if you're Francis Ngannou. Like, that's that's just the level of th- And most people watching this podcast know that. Like, if there's all this talk of, of Floyd Mayweather fighting in MMA. Give me any amateur champion in the world, and they're taking down Floyd Mayweather in under maybe a minute and a half, two minutes. Like, not even a problem. Not a problem. But uh, Francis Ngannou, you know, everybody wants a super fight. Everybody wants the the uh, special the special attraction. But I mean, Ngannou is an attraction at this point. He, he competed in a fight that a lot of people thought he was going to win. Didn't win it, but he showed, or I don't know if he showed, but there were some clear things that he needed to work on. Will he work on them? That's what I'm more concerned about right now. Also, I'm concerned about Invicta FC. It used to be back in the day 
just a few years ago, you would tune into Invicta to see maybe some of the best women in the world. And outside of the UFC champion at 145 pounds, you don't get to see that anymore. Maybe 105 and 145, that's it. But 125, 115, 135, those divisions are in the UFC now. So any fights that I see there, I'm just like, okay, maybe they'll get the call for the UFC, but I'm not watching those fights to see who the best woman in the world is anymore. Uh, Adam Waite, sure. Maybe some of the best women in the world are there, but Invicta has had quite a steep fall. Yeah, it's it's a tough thing to, to be when you're, um, you know, when Shannon's putting on these events because you take a look at what's what's required. You're, 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 you've got a separate mixed martial arts event in the UFC, and it caters solely to women. Or doesn't sorry, it doesn't cater solely to women. It's an all women's roster, which is fantastic, which is great, and you do need champions, though. In my opinion, you do need champions. It's no different than than Titan FC. Right, you, you still need champions in Titan, albeit most champions in Titan eventually just go to the UFC. Right? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. So you do, I mean, the bottom line is when it comes to, to grassroots or mixed martial arts in general outside the UFC, I'll say until I'm blue in the face, and it's a conversation I had with uh, Alex Caparici way back when I was with Apex Championship Fighting in like 2003 to 2005. The the deal was to make sure we had champions because fans love champions. The thing is, though, when it comes to Invicta, it's tough to say when your champion is really you – know, how, how good is your champion? They should be in the UFC. Do you, you know what I'm saying with that? It's, it's just one of those things where it's tough to say, but it's an avenue for atomweight fighters. You're right. I love it. Why not? Yeah, and the, all due respect to Titan FC, when I used to watch Invicta – that was the place where some of the some of the women went after Strike Force. That's where I saw because Bellator hadn't established their women's divisions yet, and I would go there to see some of the best in the world. Titan FC, some of the best in the world will be there. You got a Jose Shorty Torres there, but um, I mean there were full divisions 
in Invicta FC that I would look at and say, okay, we're seeing some top flight people here. But can you name the Invicta Adam Weight champion right now? No. Exactly. That's that's kind of the that's kind of the thing that 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 the point that I'm making. Uh, they don't have one. Here we Voila. are. They haven't had one in the one division that UFC doesn't have, and they haven't had one since last July. What are you what are you doing? Like what are you waiting on? It makes you think how some of these promoters how they put some thought into their actual promotion. Right? It's it is kind of strange. It is kind of weird. Uh I mean there's there, maybe they have tried. Uh but they've got Adam Waits on their roster. Oh yeah. Right? So unless something crazy injuries have constantly prevented them from putting on a ch- I doubt it will take that that long. Uh, to get another champion, but it, it is kind of weird. It doesn't make any sense, but and that's the same for so many other promotions. You can make that argument for a lot of them out there, a lot of them that feed fighters to the UFC. Again, I'm I'm constantly confused at how the big shows do it, as well as the grassroots show, because it just seems so much easier and it makes so much more sense how you can appeal to not look not just your just as an overall product. But to your local audience, I mean, there are errors made with so many promotions promoting locally, let alone, you know, they're, they're, they're so, they don't realize they should actually be myopic, right? Well, yeah, they, and- they look too far out. It's no, stick to where you're good at, your own area, build your peeps, build your stars there, bring in other stars once those guys get good enough, and then eventually they go to the UC. You continue that cycle, but they don't promote. In their own cities, they promote on online. It does nothing for you. And they've had six atom weight fights since uh, Yamas or Hamasaki vacated the championship last July, and she last defended the title in September 2016. And the thing is, she competed a weight division up before she vacated and lost to Hanata Souza, Livia uh, Hanata Souza. Then vacated the title. And I understand what she was doing. She was 14 and 1, had competed at like 105, had competed at 115, and wanted to compete back at straw weight, likely to get in the UFC. But if you're Invicta, you've got one division. One division that is completely clear of the UFC. One. Put a strap on somebody, put a title on them. Now, uh, to a degree, you do have the featherweight title and stuff like that, but. Megan, whoever wins that title is just going to be in the conversation immediately as, oh, they're going to fight Cyborg next. So I kind of understand that. Poor Bellator, I felt bad for them because they established 145 and 125 because they thought, okay, we'll go to the divisions that UFC doesn't have. And I thought that was brilliant. But then UFC said, eh, eh. Ain't going to happen. Not Too happening. bad. Yeah. Not happening. But they, they still have some pretty good talent. But as far as Invicta... I want to believe that um, that uh, that they have some elite talent at 105, but but do they? It's confusing. It's confusing because you know it's there. You know the availability of talent that you could pool of what at, at 105 pounds is probably massive. You know, I mean, if you take a look at around the world, what you can get, it can happen. But it's a matter of putting it all together. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just confused um based on my own experience as a former mma promoter um how we used to do it back in the early 2000s and how great it actually worked i'm talking pre-ultimate fighter right like pre-ultimate fighter days 
We, we, I mean, 7,000 people in the Verdun Auditorium or Verdun, yeah, Verdun Arena in Montreal. 7,000 people, Sean Rossap. Like, this is before the Ultimate Fighter went live. Like, we were yeah. packing that house, you know. And, and in some of the other events, like, I mean, even some of our smaller shows were 1,500 to 2,000 people. And this is before the sport went mainstream, you know. So it's not like you can't do it. I just don't think promoters truly get or understand what it takes to put seats in the building. Right, and then promote your champions, or promote your local fighters, or promote rivalries, and promote different angles uh, of fights. I mean, you could do it. It's just weird. It's just strange. But again, nowadays there's so much competition uh, for for everyone's for for the consumers' eyeballs because Invicta can have a show, Titan FC can have a show, UFC can have a show, Bellator can have a show, Ryzen can have a show. But there's always something potentially that they've got to compete against, whether it's the NHL, NFL, MLB. NBA March Madness, so you got to differentiate yourself, or at least put on a product and make it worthy for people to want to tune in. Yeah, and poor Invicta, they they have been picked clean outside of Sarah Kaufman, really. They and with a couple more wins, she's probably going right back to the UFC too. So, oh, well, you got you got to feel for them in that regard. But man, puts get a title on what are you doing, guys? Come on. There's when's the next event? The next event is uh, May fourth, and they have what one fight announced? I think for it. I think they have a Kaufman fight. Mm. Just just find a couple of Adam Waits and throw them on there. Do do somebody a favor. Love of God, I can't even Google your promotion without going watch shopping. <laughs> Oh, it's terrible. I type in Invicta 29, and I got $800 watches flying at my face. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you type in Invicta, you get the watches for sure. Uh, Zach McDonald, Titan is a top-notch promotion, Joe. I kind of agree, seeing as I yeah. work for them. And it's I am biased because I do the play-by-play with Camaro. So, yeah, I'm biased uh, towards Titan, but absolutely. Um it's all strange, Sean. I'm not going to lie to you. It's all strange. But in terms of some of these fights that are relevant uh, with the UFC, you take a look at Santiago Ponsonibio and Kamara Usman. That one was kind of... frenzy! Yeah, I mean, it's that's the main event in Chile. I'm not sure I'm overly happy with Kamaro having to go down to Chile to fight Santiago. But, hey, man, it's a big fight for, for Usman. The Nigerian nightmare is going to wreak havoc down there. I think he's just going to get more heat when this is all said and done because he got a ton of heat in his last fight with his post-fight interview saying he was, what, 30%? Yeah. So that kind of turned a lot of the crowd against him or a lot of the fans against him, which I thought was funny because he was legitimately sick. Um, but... You know, when you when you come out and say stuff like that, you're going to get heat, and now he's going to be going down to a heavily Latino market that, uh, or not really Latino, but just a you know South American market, and you ain't going to be the good boy, you ain't going to be the good guy, Camaro. So he's going to have to deal with that. Should be fun. It's a good fight for him. It's it's I don't want to say the right fight for him because there were a lot of right fights for him once people finally accepted them, but we we had mentioned some of that churn in the welterweight division when. When uh, Conor McGregor went away, so did the rest of the lightweight division at the top. Like, Tony Ferguson and Kevin Lee didn't fight for, like, forever, it seemed like, after McGregor started to take time off for the Mayweather fight. So we didn't get a lot of, of movement at the top of that division, and it's been like this for the welterweight division, too. Like, Do- uh, Woodley went away, and we've just been waiting, 
waiting. Okay, who's who's going to fight? Who's going to fight? Teal had been out since like October. Usman had been trying to get fights with people. It just didn't work out. But uh, Usman and Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio is much better than his number 10 ranking would indicate. Uh, you could you could flip those guys around their seven and ten rankings and it'd be absolutely fine because that's how uh, stacked that division is. But yeah, uh, Usman having to kind of give a little bit up to get this this fight and even even with him being the, the higher ranked guy, he is. Yeah, he's at seven now. I think seven and yeah. Santiago's ten. So, but he's a top ten fighter for Kamara, which is what he wanted. But you know, he, he he's tried with Masvidal. He's obviously said he's a better grappler than Damian Maya. That's enough for to get a fight with Damian Maya. Uh, he's never spoken Robbie Lawler's name. I don't blame him, to be honest with you. Uh, he's obviously called a Colby Covington. Just look at it. Look at the social media. The amount of times he rips apart Colby Covington. He's obviously called out RDA, but he's never called out Stephen Thompson. Uh, and he's never called out the champ because he knows that he has to earn his way up there. But he wants fights with top ten or top five guys. Now, the top 10, he's got Santiago Ponzinibbio. And then from there, we'll see where he goes. I mean, what does this really do? Should Kamaru emerge victorious in this fight, what does it really do for him in the rankings? Should he go? Should he pass Damian Maia and Jorge Masvidal? Yeah. Yes. Okay. He should be above Masvidal already, in my opinion. Masvidal has lost to Maia and Thompson back-to-back. His wins before that were Ross Pearson, Jake Ellenberger, and Donald Cerrone. All due respect to those guys, No. No. Uh, Masvidal is 3-4 and four in his last seven. Usman is 7-0 and oh in the UFC, 2-0 and oh on the Ultimate Fighter. How is, so go ahead. How does this make any sense? Even Ponzinibbio, for the love of God, deserves to be above Masvidal. Uh, Ponzinibbio, six in a row. He's won eight out of his last nine. God, if you want to even really break it down... What is he? He's eight and two in the UFC. Oh, and then he won four fights on tough. So he's like twelve and two in the UFC. I love watching Masvidal fight, but man, was that did that Cerrone win mean that much? That's what the people are putting stock in, right? They're putting well, tons of stock in it. The people that UFC has doing their rankings by the wolf tickets that UFC sell instead of being the impartial <laughs> rankings panel that they should be. Oh my God, that's amazing! Oh, by the way, speaking of amazing, Stone Osborne's quote: "No one with a brain should call out Lawler." End quote. I agree. Like, it's, it's tough. It is, but even even like I look at these rankings, Fight Matrix has Masvidal at seven, and I'm like, how does how does the the metric yeah. even read that? Like, I, that doesn't. Uh, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. I think that John Fitch's win over Jake Shields is a more impressive win than than the Cerrone win. Not not to take anything away from Donald Cerrone, but I, if I'm ranking from a world perspective, I've still got John Fitch above Masvidal because John Fitch has beat Brian Foster, Jake Shields, Yushin Okami over the last few years. So I don't know, man. Like, it's... It's frustrating because I think Masvidal is definitely a top 15 fighter, but a little little generous there with the rankings. Uh, Speaking of that welterweight division, Thompson and Teal. Thompson didn't initially want to fight Teal, as he told James Lynch several months ago. Yeah, I find that fight very interesting. But Darren Till right now, um, he's wreaking havoc, especially considering um, you and I discussed at length the fact that 
he came off that high of defeating Cowboy Cerrone, almost shocking the vast majority of people in the industry, and then disappeared. But he's lucky because now he's getting a shot at that number one contendership against Stephen Thompson. Uh, it's not going to be an easy fight. I think he's going to have to put a lot of pressure on Stephen Thompson. So if he can pull that off, I mean, if he pulls off a victory over over Wonderboy Thompson, I mean, both you and I are going to be like, oh, shoot, like, whoa, yeah, that's pretty damn good, right? Well, the thing about Stephen Thompson is if he wants to get his name back in the conversation of a title fight, he has to win impressively. He's got to keep beating every single contender. He's got to – that's his title right now. Number one is his title right now, and he has to just keep defending it over and over again. Although that's, I do believe – Haf- put it. Yeah, I do believe Rafael Los Angeles should be higher than him. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I do too because, we're again, we're looking at a guy. His only win over the past couple years is Masvidal. He lost to Woodley, went to a draw with Woodley. But the thing is, Thompson hasn't finished anybody in a couple years. That's it gets the, harder, you, yeah. You got that fight of the night against Woodley, but back when he earned that title shot, he was uh, knocking out Robert Whitaker, which looks better and better by the day, although that was at welterweight, so what, what do you put into that? He was knocking out Jake Ellenberger and getting performance of the nights. He was knocking out Johnny Hendricks, performance of the night, and beating Rory McDonald. You got to beat a, a guy like Darren Teal, and you have to do it impressively, especially after the performance that Teal put on in his last fight. Because if the fight is a stinker, the blame isn't going to be on Teal based on his recent track record. People remember things that are directly in the rear view, not past the hill, um, down recency the valley, bias. Yeah, it's recency, a recency bias, bias man, deal. big time. Yep. So uh, Thompson's going to have to win and win impressively in order to even have his name in the conversation. That being said, man, uh, uh, it's it's hard to pick against Thompson because of his track record and stuff. But man, that, after what Teal did to Cerrone, I, I got to see if he can do it against a real top flight welterweight. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see because he did he was bigger, uh, big time uh, over Cowboy. It remains to be seen. Speak, sorry, just to go back to the big boys for one second. We mentioned Josh Barnett, uh, how he defeated Usada uh, on on our social media at Sean Ross Sapp and at Showdown Joe, especially on Twitter. The question was asked now that you saw or now that Josh Barnett uh, has been cleared, who do you want to see him fight? And I jokingly said, you know, if you ask Sean Ross Sapp, I bet you'd probably say Cain Velasquez. And I was being sarcastic with that, somewhat yeah. facetious. But why not? Yeah, sure, do it. A couple guys who haven't been in there in forever. Just throw them in there. See where each other are. I mean, I think that's that's more than fair. Uh, do you want to risk putting Velazquez or Josh Barnett against a Derek Lewis, a Curtis Blades, a Francis Ngannou, uh, a Tai Tuivasa, somebody like that who's on the come up? No. Guarantee that one of these established guys gets you a win. Uh, being that if Kane shows up, but... Well, Kane's off the rankings. Interesting. Yeah, well, after almost two years, he should be. But, yeah, that's that's a new one. Volkov, up to number three. Sick. Yeah, he's right behind Overeem and Ngannou, above Curtis Blades. Verdum drops down two spots. So they basically switch spots, which, you know, for, for argument's sake, mathematical sense, although MMA math doesn't always make sense, I rarely have a problem when a person at a lower ranking defeats someone at a higher ranking and they sort of flip spots. I don't yeah. mind that. 
but uh, I've, I've been through this argument before. I don't want to get into it again because uh, you can make the argument the other way. So um, it's like you know, people were always like, well, what if number 11 beats number two because number 11 stepped in on short notice? So, uh, does he get number two, right? So we're going to talk about the rankings a little bit, and some people say, why do you talk about them if you're going to bury them? Because they're, they're podcast fodder. That's what they exist for for me. <laughs> so Cody Stamen beats Brian Caraway, yeah? Yeah. Cody Stamen debuts on the rankings at number 11. Brian Caraway, after that fight, was number 9. Since then, Brian Caraway has moved up a spot. Of course. To be at number 8 with Aljamain Sterling. Yes, uh, absolutely. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, Kamara Usman has moved up to 7 to tie with Darren Teal, essentially. Here's one I like. James Vick at number 10. He belongs there. He belongs at number 10 in that division. Jan Blahovich, number five in the UFC's light heavyweight division. Now, that win over Jimmy Mano is good. I like it. I think that Mauricio Shogunhua should be above a Jimmy Manoa. Maybe if you're going to have a tie, I, I, give me Shogun and Jan Blahovich. But as we saw, I do, have we talked about Shogun versus Ozdemir? No, we did not. What a fight that is. Yeah. Give me that fight. That but no, no, but sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I love that fight. If if Shogun wins, it's title time. Dude, I was just going to ask you that very question. What do we do? What do we speak about? What does everyone in the live chat think? If Maurizio Shogun Hua takes out Vulcan Ozdemir, especially with a finish, what say you? Like title fight, man. Yeah, that's, that's a championship fight. And uh alexander gustafson given given that he stays in the cage and remains a little active i know that he got hurt and stuff but he does have two two wins in a row so if if he could fight more than once a year then boy he puts himself in that conversation but shogun you have a, a a finite amount of time that you can go for that and the thing is if shogun catches daniel cormier with a with a long straight right do I know that Daniel Cormier is going to recover from that? I don't. That's a, I want to see that fight. Or does Daniel Cormier ragdoll Shogun the way that I think that he does? That's probably the more likely of the two. But uh, I, I like that. And Eler Latifi at number four. Who'd have thought a few years ago fighting Gegard Musashi on short notice? I love it. I love it. I uh, absolutely love it, especially with his last fight. That oh, was yeah. Ridiculous. Angela Hill debuts in the women's strawweight rankings. Good. Um, we've uh, seen some people fall out of that. But your girl, how do I pronounce her name? Mara Romero Borela. Close. Number Close. 12 at the women's flyweight division. I, I like that. Lena Landsberg in the women's bantamweight. You got Sarah Morass. You got to roll the R's, Sean. You got to roll yeah, the R's. Yeah, evidently. Mara uh, Romero Borela. Sheb- Shamil Abdurakimov and Justin Lede <laughs> debut in the UFC heavyweight division. Lots of new blood in these rankings, man. And this has been one of the biggest gaps this past month in UFC. Here, I mean, our, our pre-shows have been an hour, and this this will be no different. But question for you, yeah. Question for you: 
Shout out again to Dr. Vasco because he keeps throwing these topics in my head uh, on the way he home from the Raptors tickets into my hand is what he needs. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he he's a, a hardcore fan, loves the sport, wants to fall in love with it again. Uh, but he, we, we had a really good discussion and we're talking about DC, how much he loves DC, how much I love DC. But Stephen Miocic is just such a bad human being. But the question came up. The discussion was this. What if Stipe Miocic loses to Daniel Cormier? Daniel Cormier becomes a two-division champion. What does Daniel Cormier do then? Does he does, does he vacate it because of his buddy Kane that's never going to fight again? Or does he defend both? What does he do? Because if I'm, if I'm Daniel Cormier, I say, you know what? That March 2019 deadline I have, how about until I lose both titles? How about until I lose both titles and I walk away with millions? He's got a guaranteed job no matter what after this. He's a great I mean, analyst. He's a fantastic analyst. And, and Dr. Vasco asked me, he's like, what do you think of DC? He asked me who my favorite you know, color commentators are in the UFC. And I said, point blank, it's Daniel Cormier and um, uh, Dominic Cruz. I can't right? stand listening to Dom when he, when he analyzes somebody that he's trained with. Ooh, it's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's hey, listen. You know, there's there's always bias uh, in situations like that. But you know, would would you make the argument to DC if he was to defeat Stipe Miocic, um, walk away from the sport? No, I'd nope. make I'd keep making that money, man. I would Making make that, that bread? money while you have it. You have two championships you can lose. Do it Dan Henderson style and just lose out and make that money like 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 Henderson did with the Pride titles. Oh man, that's, that's what I would do. You are a ruthless human being. I mean, come on. We knew the drill when Dan Henderson came into the UFC. We knew he was coming in there and he was going to lose to Rampage Jackson and Anderson Silva. He lost to both of them. But it doesn't matter what I think. We're, we're going to go ahead and let you hear what the pros think about next week's main event fight. I definitely see. Uh, I, I see Tony doing it. You know, Tony's pulling it off. Uh, I think he's just going to outwork Khabib. You know, I think Khabib's still the same man that he was a couple years ago. And and when you stop evolving in the game, you know, guys are going to run past you. It's, it, it, the, this game is about evolution. Uh, and, and he's still kind of doing the same thing. So, I mean, that one trick will get you a, a long ways. But against a guy like Tony who, with so many tools, and, and, and I just see him outworking him. So, I'm definitely going with Tony in that one. Oof, that's a tough one to call. Um you know, people kind of count Tony out sometimes, but people just don't realize that that guy is just a freak. You know what I mean? He's got sick cardio. I don't think he knows how to get tired. He's got a lot of weapons. I think he's got way more weapons than Khabib does. You know, Khabib, obviously, he's got one shining thing that he's got phenomenal wrestling and top pressure. Um, but I think that I think Tony's got more weapons. I just don't know if it's going to be enough to take Khabib out. I It's, it's a tough pick, but if I'm going to have to say anything, I, I'm going to say Khabib. But Khabib's, it's not going to be easy for him. I mean, he's going to get cut up from the, you know, Tony's going to cut him up from the bottom. You know, he's, he's going to make it ugly. And it's not going to be an easy fight for him. But I think Khabib's going to win, like, 3-2, to 48-47. That's a pick and fight. And I know Khabib's undefeated. You know, Tony's been on the run. Fuck, that's, that's a pick and fight. But, uh, I don't know. Give me a second. I think maybe... Just, I think Tony might get it done just because he's so awkward. He's that variable of the craziness, you know. Khabib, you know what he wants to do. Take you down, smash you, you know, crush you like 
little Russian beer. But um, Ferguson, I just, I don't know, he's crazy. I like crazy. Yeah, I'm doing, I gotta pick this. Oh man. You know, Tony's my boy, we train together and he can always make stuff happen. To pick against Khabib is tough though. I mean, the guy, the guy just, he's such, he smothers you so much. And this is the thing. Tony's, you know, he, he's all about the snap down city, about his, you know, he's a wrestler, snap downs, the ankle picks, he loves it all. But look, realistically, Tony knows what he's doing. He's, he's marketing, he's selling the fights. But look, Kevin Lee, out in their fight, out wrestled Tony Ferguson. Khabib would throw Kevin Lee outside of the octagon. Khabib, what I'm getting at is Khabib would out wrestle either man. And I think he would out wrestle Tony. The one thing Tony has going for him is that he's able to create scrambles better than anybody in the division. Tony's so good at scrambling and and, and getting out of stuff. So that would be his way out of it. Um, I don't know. I can't I can't go against Tony. He's going to uh, be, be pissed at me if he sees this. But if I was putting money on it in Vegas, I might go with Khabib because my boy's Tony. I'm going with Tony. Um, uh, I think I think Khabib wins. I think Khabib wins. Um, I think the only way Tony can win that fight is is maybe if he cuts him from the bottom and they stop the fight, like with elbow or something like that. Because I think Tony Ferguson's problem is – don't get me wrong. People can get up against Khabib, um, uh, unlike you know the media tries to portray it. I mean, Abel Trujillo, when he fought Abel Trujillo, he took him down 21 times, and everyone's like, "Oh my God!" You know, and that, I, I agree, that's vicious. Take someone down 21 times. That means he got up 21 times. He got up, you know, and he he can get up. You know, what I'm saying? I mean, people can get up. The problem with Tony Ferguson, he accepts. He's so such a believer in his, his little jiu-jitsu system and shit. He accepts being on his back too much, and I think that's going to cost him. You know, I mean, if you look at the Kevin Lee fight, he got mounted in the first round, and I, he gets mounted by Khabib, it's over. You know, and um, uh, I think that he, he's just going to have the wrong strategy. I mean, I think Khabib could take most of us down, but I don't think that uh, like me, if I fought Khabib, I'm not going to sit on my back and, and just try to play my fucking guard. I'm going to get the fuck up, you know. And if, if Abel Trujillo can get up from my feel like I can, you know, and um. Uh, I think that you know Tony Ferguson stylistically is going to be in trouble unless he can cut him or something from the bottom and do some type of damage to to get the the fight stopped. He's gonna he's gonna stay on bottom and either get finished or at least get 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 dominated position wise. Man, I loved that breakdown from James Vick. That was that was like real in depth. I like how he brought up the Trujillo thing and how Tony Ferguson would sometimes rely on his jujitsu, and that's something. At grappling tournaments, you would you would watch out for who's relying on being on their back a little too much, because I'm sure you've seen some of them have the wonky scoring systems where you can move in and out of positions and rack up points. You would sit there and you would look at people. Okay, who's laying on their back? All right, I know that I can move from guard to half, get points. Move from half side, get points. Move over into mount, get points. Attempt a submission, get points. If Ferguson is just too comfortable on his back, then a Habib Nurmagomedov is very comfortable and just repeatedly putting him there. And I think that if Kevin Lee can do it, Habib can. A lot of it is about that entry, though. How much will uh, Habib give Tony Ferguson on that entry? I don't want to break it down too much right now because we're going to do our preview next weekend or next week. I'm just real excited for this. Yeah, I mean, I do want to say one thing. The guys in the live chat are absolutely freaking hilarious. I'm dying of laughter trying to watch the pros picks and reading the comments at the same time. They're not that funny. Don't put them over. 
Those guys are ridiculous. Uh, although I did watch those pros picks, and there's a certain level within me that we'll have to discuss next week that disgusts me because if I'm going to make a prediction on a fight, this is one where I could give a rat's ass if I'm wrong. I, I, I'm sure. so so one-sided in my prediction. It's I feel like it's not even close. Yeah, as bad as it sounds, take nothing away from that one fighter that I'll be picking against next week. But I don't think it's a it's I don't know, whatever, man. I don't give a shit if I'm wrong. It's just the way it is. So what else you got going on this week? Work, work, and more work. Traveling Same. around the city. Yeah, greater Toronto area, lots of stuff going on there. But uh, I'm loving a lot of the stuff that's on Fightful. Um, if you guys noticed, I am retweeting like crazy because yeah. I'm sitting there and I looked at some of the stuff and I'm like, why haven't I retweeted this in the past? <laughs> like this is this is quality stuff from our team. I mean, you read some of the stuff that's on there uh, and, and, and the site's ridiculous. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to next weekend, man. I know I've got to go through uh, Titan FC first. got to leave here on Wednesday and then come back and be ready for UFC 223. But, man, it is going to be fantastic. Other than that, follow us on social media, at Sean Ross Sapp and yours truly, at Showdown Joe. Um, and, and to all you MMA peeps that stopped following me because of my other businesses, bye-bye. Bye bye. You know, I got. Uh, I'm a multi-level uh, entrepreneur. I got to, uh, you know, provide for my family. So I love doing what I do, which includes MMA and my other business ventures. So yeah, you guys can uh, hate you me all you want. You are an entrepreneur, is what. Thank you. you. Are. I appreciate that. Thank you. I, uh, that was that was an insult, Joe. Manure. It is what it is, man. It is Manure. what it is. Manure. It's duty. Yeah, it's all good. Head over to fightful.com, fightfulmma.com. We have all your news there. Every major event. We have your live coverage and discussion. Just stop by, make some predictions. I'll probably start doing some contests and stuff like that. So what do you have to lose, my friends? Also, that Fightful Premium service is coming very soon. You'll have an option to get all new exclusive content over there. But make sure to follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow us at Fightful Online. Leave us a thumbs up, like, subscribe. Also, if, if even if you don't listen on iTunes, head over there. Leave us a nice five-star review. Till next time, guys, we are out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.